Just before we start the podcast, we would like to invite you to get a copy of our new book called Living From Your Art. You can find it on any Amazon platform. You will see it's a very bright colored orange and yellow uh, book cover and it was made for you artists because you help us live in a better world. We want to help you get more work. So thank you so much and let's start this podcast. Live on social media. Hey, hello everyone. Again, I'm so excited because we have another episode of the Puppet Podcast. And tonight, I'm honored to connect on West Coast. Look at this gentleman. So yeah, we go in his shop and we will see some actual puppets. So yeah, everyone, gather and please like share this if you want to have others to join in the live live atmosphere and if you have any questions during the interview feel free to write it below we will bring it into the screen and you can say hi from where you are watching it's always fun to see and uh yeah before we go into the interview i just want to let you know that again we have this patreon community that we put together we give tools to puppeteers about marketing coaching about how to sell how to yeah the branding we have workshop over there we we gather the community to give knowledge to others just to share this wonderful piece of art this wonderful medium that puppetry is and yes let's be all united in this specific art moment but it it kind of opened up i think i don't know in your part of the world but uh, let's see how it goes and let's connect again more and more so feel free to have a look on our website also it's a uh, puppet podcast just google us and you will find so yes so now ladies and gentlemen please drum roll for for jack virtual <laughs> Yeah, let's let's say Jack. I think it's 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 simple. Yes. Jack, Jack, Jack. Yeah, so cool to have you on the show. We finally made it. It's kind of like in the past we we miss each other, but now it's the right time. Yes. Well, I had a very challenging few years the last few years, so uh, it was very rocky. Uh, but I finally have stable internet and uh, a, a workshop that I can show off and work that I'm currently working on that I'm very proud of. So it's the right time. That's so cool. Thank you so much to accept the invitation. And I, I will let you introduce yourself. I often find it's kind of an exercise to introduce yourself to the community who are watching right now. Well, uh, my name is Jack Birchall. I'm originally from California, but I've spent the last 20 years in Oregon, in Portland. And um, I am a marionettist primarily. I love marionette puppets. Um, my work, uh, which I started in about 1997 or 98 when I first joined a puppet troupe in the Bay Area, um, was mostly inspired by William Anderson Dwiggins. And then my own kind of evolutions came from there. Primarily, I am a puppet builder. I do perform shows or I did perform shows for a long time. Um, some people have called me the research and development end of the marionette community. 
Yeah, I heard your name many times, like Jackie. I feel you you are reference and and people refer to your work. So this is really interesting to to have you uh, as a marionette genius. <laughs> uh, it's funny the longer I work in marionettes, the the more I understand how little I understand and <laughs> how far away I am from being a master at it. That, that that's that's good because that's a, a a life lesson. We learn, we learn, and more we learn, more sometimes we don't know. <laughs> it's so <laughs> interesting. Correct. So yeah, we have Toy Box who are watching right now. So yeah. Oh hey. <laughs> Thank you, Toy, to be uh, with us. And yes, Ili is a fine of Toy Box. So yeah, everyone gather and please feel free to ask questions during this. Wonderful interview. So, Jack, are you ready for the first deep question? I am. <laughs> yes, the first is the why. Like, what makes the art of puppetry an art that you cherish? Uh, well, I would say it is all the art forms combined. Um, the thing that makes me most attracted to puppetry in general is that it is storytelling. And storytelling is the most ancient form of human communication even before we had really strong words we we told each other you know that's where the animals are that's where the food is that's where the water is uh, we developed puppetry i think very very early probably before we had very strong language skills and um the the manipulation of objects in order to tell stories is very important to the human story uh, beyond that My favorite thing about it is that anytime I'm interested in some art form, puppetry is always the, the, the receptacle, the place that, that, you know, whether it's sound design or lighting design or set design or writing or music or, or you know, Foley work or carving or sculpting or painting or drawing, it all kind of folds back into puppetry. It's the ultimate mixed medium because you can take everything you're interested in and kind of fold it into this one thing that you know then becomes a basket to to hold it all yes i love this answer i think you you just name all the versatility of this art form this is so awesome and i want to hear your crush moment like when this crush for puppetry happened you have an anecdote on that Yeah, well, it's it's funny because I got into marionettes very late. I was uh, 19, I think, um, and I'd never really seen marionettes. My generation, um, I'm a little bit older than you, I think. Um, you look quite a bit younger than I am at, <laughs> at any rate. And um, there isn't, there aren't a lot of uh, marionette puppeteers from my generation. There are people much older than me and people much younger than me. Um, but Mr. Rogers neighborhood was sort of the last show that had any marionettes you know when when i was a child and so i didn't really see marionettes and then i was invited to a birthday party um for a friend of mine's uh boyfriend was just um having a celebration we went over to their house it was this eclectic little house um right on the edge of oakland in berkeley uh there were theater carpets on the floor that had been you know recycled from a, a theater there were all these um animal bones and um ancient like rusty and and wood sculptures that were in the house and there were all these antique toys uh these little you know 1940s and 1950s like 
Um, some of them were, were definitely puppets, but mostly they were just like, you know, a little biscuit boy from, <laughs> from advertisement or something like that. And um, we had a video camera. Somebody had loaned the, the household a video camera. And in the late 90s, that was very rare. I didn't know anyone who owned a video camera. Yeah. Um, and so uh, be, on a whim, we decided, well, we can't waste this opportunity. And so somebody set up the camera and we set up a little stage on the coffee table and we started taking dolls off the shelves and adding strings to them. And we performed a little puppet show um, just because this camera was there and we didn't want to use uh, waste the opportunity. Before then, I, I really had no thought in my head. I was a comic book artist. I didn't think about it at all. But suddenly it was like, well, here's the same storytelling medium it's sort of animation in live action in real time and um i was already starting to get really interested i was sculpting and carving uh so the third dimension kind of captivated me almost as much as as puppetry did <laughs> <laughs> so cool because that's true that camera is also really like in love with puppets. It's kind of like not just for theater. The puppet could live really well in front of camera. Yeah, it, I think that as I've sort of transitioned, I, I used to do only live shows and I would um, not exactly forbid people from recording, but I always said that, you know, if you record the show and watch it later, it's not going to be the same thing. You're yeah. not going to enjoy it. It's not going to do, you can't show other people and feel what it's like to experience in being in a live show. And so I, for a long time, I kind of dismissed the camera. Um, and in the last few years, I've been transitioning more and more to wanting to do puppets on film because the thing that I didn't like about the idea of a camera is that it's so poor at capturing the live theater experience. Yeah. But it does many other things very well, editing and, you know, light and shadow. And there's a lot of things that you control, um, the, the pacing and the flow and everything like that. So I've been really wanting to push my puppetry more into film, especially because I tend to do so much detail, as you might be able to see. You can't really see it in a live show. You, you only get to see it after the show and everybody comes up and, you know, takes a close look. Yes. That's really interesting as a, a um, like your, your study, your field of study and, and how you fall into. I want to know your opinion about the best field of study for someone to become a puppeteer or a builder. What do you believe on this? I, so this is the thing that I think is so great about puppetry. I think that there's anything, any, any artistic direction can lead you into puppetry because they all lead into puppetry. It's, it's the basket that contains everything. Um, so if, if you love animation and you love studying movement and you're already kind of in this world, puppetry is this live action, real time animation. Uh, if the thing that you like to do is, is sculpting in clay or Sculpey or, you know, Fimo or something like that, or the thing you like to do is write. Um, this is one of those ways. It's, it's very accessible theater. I work in one quarter scale. So it's significantly cheaper to put on a production with, you know, these big elaborate massive sets, you know, because they're only very small. <laughs> so I, I really don't think that there's a, single starting yeah. point 
or a best starting point. I think it's they it all leads uh, roads lead here. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. We we will convert the world to puppetry. We have Louis Louis Johnson who say like, oh hi, Jack is a true master of the creative art. Thank you, brother. So cool. Yeah, everyone. Yeah. Louis, are you still in Australia? Yeah, maybe we. You yeah. will answer. I will bring it into okay. the screen as I yeah. see it. Um, I made a pair of blinking eyes for one of uh, Lewis's puppets a uh, couple of years ago, 2019, I think. Um, very fun project. Unfortunately, <laughs> very difficult to do at the time. I was in an attic apartment with like no table space. <laughs> very challenging. <laughs> yes, that's true. And you you send it to Australia. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. And yes, we have the answer. Yeah, Matt. So <laughs> yeah, he has a, yeah. a doctor character that I believe those mm -hmm. eyes went into. Wow, so cool. It's such a, a small world, the puppetry mm -hmm. community. But at the same time, we are so passionate all together mm -hmm. in, in this. So that's why I feel we are all connected. And I want to know your definition of a puppet in your own word, like or a marionette, how you you define what it is. Well, I mean, I, I take the very loosest possible definition of what a puppet yeah. is. A puppet is a tool for storytelling. It is yeah. a extension of the human body in one way or another that um, is that communicates something. And so you can you can pick anything up off of your desk and make a story out of it, and you are a puppeteer. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think that the the term marionette also is one that, while it, it definitely is one of the more challenging forms of, of puppetry, anything that puts you out of direct contact with the puppet and yeah. you're on the end of strings, which are inherently very flexible. It's a, it's a somewhat more difficult form of puppetry. Um, and I would say that marionetting is sort of the, the act of, of uh, controlling by wire or string or something like that. Um, but, you know, there's Vietnamese marionettes, which are upside down. You know, they yeah. sit in the, in the water. And instead of using gravity as the force you're working against with the strings, you're using the buoyancy of the water. So, you know, a marionette can be almost as broad as, uh, as the term puppetry itself. Yes, so true. And um, let me ask you your goals, because every puppeteers like envision something in their career or something they want to create or achieve. Like, do you have specific goals that you env envision for the future? I, I absolutely do. And I think uh, a number of people in the community already know about this. Um, back in 2013, I ran a Kickstarter campaign for a show that I wanted to do called The Doom That Came to Fiddle Creek. And while the Kickstarter campaign was successful, we got $13,000 to do it. And we, we pushed really hard. Uh, in the course of the, the campaign, we realized that we needed to get stuff onto video to people. That sort of transformed the nature of it. I'll say it was scope creep. Um, the 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 show got a lot bigger than we ever anticipated, and very quickly we discovered that the you know the money that we had raised was not enough to complete the project, and it was a you know 
huge embarrassment for me. It, I spent years kind of very frustrated by the fact that I wasn't able to deliver this project to finish this film that I was working on, the book that was associated it, with it. And in a way, you know, I'm Captain Ahab and this is my white whale. I have to finish this this piece that I've been, yeah. you know, working on in part, um, you know, off and on, certainly not constant, but for about 15 years now, I, this has been in the background. Oh. And that's only sort of the first step. Um, that uh, getting that play or that story finished and, you know, out there for people to see is sort of the the dam that is holding back a, a huge amount of creative outflow if I can get it yeah. um, I have uh, at least four other stories that I've been working on for years that I'd really like to get done and I think they'll be films at this point rather than uh, live productions which they were originally intended for um, but I really want to explore the there is sort of a an obvious metaphor in marionettes that begs exploration where i can tell a layered story a story that works great as a puppet show and a story that works great as just a, a story and then a story that also works great as a metaphor uh for control for what yeah. does what do marionettes actually mean to us on the subconscious level yeah um how are we being you know instrumentalized by forces beyond our awareness and so there's there's all these things that i want to delve into and i feel like i've only just started yeah it's so interesting that you bring this subconscious aspect of it because that's true that the the symbol itself is so powerful in terms of communication for the audience to to feel that kind of like control aspect so this is i can't wait to see that stuff coming up yeah i um i also have a book that i've been working on for a long time uh, also going all the way back to 2013 um i've got sort of a yeah. page that i'm working on that now oh. i'm building a a current marionette um but i've been really as a marionette builder who grew up um, without a lot of resources. I found um, maybe it's just my library system or, or what have you, but the William Dwiggins book, uh, Marionette in Motion, was really the only um, manual I had on how to build marionettes. So in some ways I had to sort of build from a vacuum. I had to invent everything kind of from scratch. And so one of the things that I've been working on is um, wow. doing uh, some more uh, marionette books. And I want to uh, produce a manual that uh, draws on my comic book background. Wow. Where I will have, you know, very clear step-by-step, -step, you know, uh, patterns and templates that you can trace onto tracing paper. And then it shows you every step of the way how you build the marionette. Um, and it'll even include the my preferred vellum, uh, Canson vellum, um, my favorite paper company. Will there will be several sheets in the center of the book that you can use for tracing marionette parts. And um, this is sort of the the book I always wished I had access to. Yeah. And, um, as much as I I love Lumen Coad's marionette source book, um, there's there's tons and. Um, 
you know, just there's there's great books out there, but there isn't there hasn't ever been the one that I was looking for. And yeah, so I want to build it. That's so cool. Yeah, that's true. And and your background of like drawing is so appropriate for you. Like you have the perfect casting to deliver that product to the world. Thank you. I I uh, sort of enjoy the fact that sometimes all the various twists and turns that a person takes in their life kind of automatically or maybe necessarily leads to a thing that, again, like the, the puppetry itself, it brings all these different threads together and it, you know, makes the, the perfect platform to begin building the thing that, a, that I feel needs to be in the world. Yeah, yeah. And we have Soybox who say like, You want his copy, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's bring it to the world. Well, so I I want to thank uh, thank Toybox too because um, when I was having a very difficult, um, struggling time, uh, the last three years, he was one of my patrons, which was fantastic. And mm. um, you know, I'm in a position now where I can start producing the things that I've wanted to produce for a long time, in part because of the the donations and and generosity of the community. Yes, that's true. We need to support like each other, and for sure, Toy Box is kind of like he he know people, he know a lot of people. So that's <laughs> true, Toy, that you you are around. And um, so do you have a, a date? I always <laughs> ask people ah. about. A deadline. Do you have a deadline? <laughs> so uh, the the book has been taking uh, far longer than I ever anticipated. Yeah. I uh, I thought I would finish it, you know, in like 2014 or something like that. And mm -hmm. uh, it's been so much more work than I expected. Um, I was really trying to finish it by summer of this year. Of course, I missed that deadline. So now my deadline is Christmas of this year. Um, so I will work diligently to try and get to make that deadline but it the is the perfect <laughs> christmas gift for a puppeteer <laughs> that's right yes yeah. yes for sure we that's perfect to to put it on that date and uh let me ask you also do you feel puppetry is in an ascension is getting more popular on your perspective yes i do um and i wouldn't have answered it this way just a few years ago. Um, yeah. And some of this is a Portland perspective. I noticed that coming from California, which is a very gregarious and, and um, open place in a lot of ways, and it was in the 90s, it was before there was really social media of any kind, mm -hmm. and we would just put up a flyer and people go, oh, puppet show, and suddenly it would be you know packed. And um, all through the 2010s, uh, I did puppet shows here in Portland, and I found it very difficult to fill up a house. And mm. I, was, I was beginning to feel very much like this isn't something people want, um, particularly my kind of puppetry, which is a little bit darker. It's definitely meant for grown-ups. It's appropriate for kids, but, you know, in the way that maybe Gremlins mm. is, you know, yeah. or, or something. It's, it's a little scary. It's a little dark. It's metaphorical. Um, but it is, you know, not, you know, overtly sexual and we don't have curse words or anything in our shows, mm -hmm. but, uh, we do have blood <laughs> <laughs> and violence and death and horror and, and all kinds of other things. And, um, I just wasn't feeling any traction. It was difficult to get people, yeah. especially in America where, um, many English speaking countries, I think, um, don't have the same tradition 
with marionettes as as the rest of the world does mm. and sometimes it's difficult to convince adults that it's worth their time to come to see a marionette show and mm. um so for a long time i really felt like i'm just you know pushing this boulder up a hill yeah <laughs> and uh at some point it, it really started to feel like it was changing and during the pandemic i think it really changed because suddenly um there's a lot more appreciation for the art there's a lot more appreciation for the handmade and for you know what uh entertainers and artists do for humanity in general yeah. um the the uh what that sort of dialogue is between an audience and a artist or a puppet maker or a performer. And that, I don't think that conversation was going um, beforehand. And of course, from an American perspective, I think we all really had our horse blinders on and we were very focused on just making sure we had rent paid and you know all those other things. And mm. don't, don't tell me about silly puppets. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting. That's true that we help people to open their their gates and their stuff because puppetry is something special. But I'm I'm impressed that you bring this aspect of the, the cultural stuff. I think like sometimes we, we are associated to Halloween or to like something like focus into weird uh, like appropriate moment of the year but right that's true, that it's all the time we can enjoy that. one of the funniest things that used to happen to me all the time when i was performing is i would do a show that would have these red ribbons of blood flying everywhere after you know this this character kicks his his uh his you know frankenstein like maker into a machine and uh you know there's this great dramatic death scene at the end and and then some mom you know who had like a crying three-year-old in the audience would come to me and say why would you do this puppets are for kids <laughs> now they can talk about life and death <laughs> that's right that's it's no worse than itchy and scratchy or <laughs> tom and jerry <laughs> that's true oh wow i i love that and And Jack, I want you to bring maybe one of those person <laughs> character. I don't know what, like it's a woman and the other one is kind of so interesting. Yeah, he's a hare. Um, it'll be a little bit hard. They're slightly tangled okay. because they were in a box, but I will try and do my best. <laughs> yeah. Also, a little bit of an awkward position, but... Yeah, let's look at this. I will go full screen so we can have like this set. And it's so cool to see the, the puppeteer in his environment. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And and for sure, it's not a, a manipulation <laughs> performance, but it's just to see it in movement. Wow. Look at that. With his leg. <laughs> I love the set also. So much color. Like, it's not color, but so much detail. Wow. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. I'll show her. 
You have so much detail around this. It's perfect. We enjoy that. Yeah, look at this. Yeah, we have Hobie. Hobie Ford. Amazing word. So happy to see you, Hobie. Very cool. Thank you. Look at that. Wow, so much string. Oh, it's a spider. Yeah. Oh. Wow. This is this is amazing. This is amazing. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah, we feel like the the wood too. Yeah, we have Mark. He said really good. Yay! So interesting. Wow, that is so cool. Thank you, Toy. This is perfect. This is amazing, Jack. You are amazing. I think you don't hear me right now because he removed his head headset. Jack, we have many good comments around. I need to show <laughs> it to you. We have Hobie. You say amazing. Word. Oh yes, I Very should mention cool. Hobie's book. Yeah. Yeah, he did an amazing book on rod puppetry. That's true. That's so cool. Yeah, we have Mark who say really cool and toy. Wow, this is so cool. <laughs> and it's funny you. Uh, I feel you were kind of shy with like the fact that the string is not like prepared for a show, but it's so so interesting for us to to see it from from our home to just see a, an actual like so fancy. It's so precise. Yeah. So much string. And details and the spider ladies is it's a piece of art. It's so amazing. Yeah, he's uh, got his mechanical leg, which is something that is part of what I uh, enjoy and, and deal with is the um, the integration of uh, of living and machine. Um, and I'll actually show you the backdrop too. Yes, please. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah, toy. So glad I turn on my laptop in time to see this interview. That's so cool to have you. Wow, you saw that? Wow. It was, the wheel was turning. <laughs> That's so beautiful. <gasps> <laughs> That's so beautiful. So much details in this. Just one piece of set. This is a lot of work. I understand why you, you spend so much time on your, your piece and your work. It's, it's a lot of details. <laughs> yeah. The, um, each set is built like this. They're uh, about 18 inches deep, three feet high and five feet wide. They're meant to be on sliding tracks. And so we had very rapid scene changes. And uh, so everything had to be built onto the set, everything that we wanted. There's lights on board. There's, you know, even the, the crank handle to turn the gears is sort of like stored on the backside of the, 
of the piece. So, um, and the, the most important thing is it has to be light enough for one stagehand to be able to lift from backstage and put on the, the track system. And then, you know, it pushes onto screen and pushes the previous, um, the previous set off. And uh, <laughs> it's just, the, the show is very uh, fast paced in a way as yeah. we um, got our scene changes down to about uh, 15 to 30 seconds. Wow, it's a marathon, like <laughs> going around. That's so amazing. We have, like Ryan who say, such detailed set and Obi moving gears. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. We are impressed with those moving gears. It's so, so cool. Jack, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. And Thank yes, you. I want you to plug yourself, your social media, like if people want to contact you, know more about your work, where they should go. Well, uh, very soon I'll have a new website called jack.art, G-E-A-H-K dot A-R-T. Um, that's not up right now. Right now it has some scary, like this site is unsecure or whatever, but uh, soon within the next week or so. Um, the best place to find my work right now is on Instagram, castironcarousel at instagram.com. Uh, I have a YouTube channel, uh, Jack Birchall. I believe it's just Jack uh, at YouTube or YouTube slash user slash Jack or whatever it is. But just G-E-A-H-K. Um, it's a very easy to Google name because there's only a few Jacks in the world with this spelling. And yeah. um, <laughs> those those are the main places is uh youtube instagram and eventually my website there is a cast iron carousel facebook page if people are interested in making marionettes on my facebook page um under the uh photo albums you'll find an album called marionette making resources you'll find patterns and templates and wow. you know uh, didactic drawings and things like that because a big part of my program or what I want to do is I want people to learn to build marionettes. I think it's important. And um, I think it's incredibly rewarding just as sort of a, a little bit of a closing statement. I, um, I believe that if we're seeing this sort of robot uh, change where, you know, mundane jobs are going away and, and things that maybe humans don't need to be doing anyway, uh, standing at assembly lines, uh, humans still need meaning in their yeah. lives. Work okay. brings meaning and uh, perhaps we won't have the same kind of work in the future. I recommend people take on difficult, challenging hobbies that take a lifetime to master. Uh, you can get a lot of meaning out of the building of things and, and to see your own progress and to see the things that you know came from your own two hands and your, your brain and your you know thoughts and theories and emotions and everything else. And I think it's very important that people pick this um, particular hobby up uh, because it's it's um <laughs> i'm getting a little emotional but i i love it i think it's wonderful yeah. yeah it's it's creation and art is so therapeutic at the same time it's helping mm. mankind and i totally agree with you i feel if we can like like disseminate our our art and make people like have the seed like grow and the flower will <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely I think it's a lot of beauty that we can have in front of us with more knowledge around 
for puppetry and uh, maybe a Christmas gift of a wonderful <laughs> book of Jack yeah. under the Christmas Let me tree. see if I can find the cover. It's uh, right here somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah. This is so far. I don't know if this will be. Let's go in full screen. Okay. Wow. Um, Everyone, you have to order this book <laughs> when for it's Christmas. Available. Yeah, but we can send you money in advance <laughs> for um, Christmas. I, I may change the title. The Illusion of Life is a reference to a very famous book on animation about the mm -hmm. um, original Disney animators known as the Nine Old Men. And um, I think I'll be calling the book The Construction of the Illusion of Life um, oh. rather than taking that title too literally yeah <laughs> yeah i think it's a good idea also and yeah we have scott who say you're very professional and yeah nice closing statement by toy box so yes for sure you you bring this poetry at the end it was poetic and we we love that so jack thank you so much you can stay in the virtual studio we can chat a little after okay. the interview i will have to push you out of the screen so hi everybody bye bye <laughs> everyone thank you so much for watching and yes let's connect all together let's find resource about puppetry this is so cool that we we have we connect with portland west coast east coast let's go all over the world and and yes let's be this wonderful artistic powerful source of creativity as puppetry is so everyone you can have a look also on our Patreon, this is an option like the Puppet Podcast is, is doing a lot of stuff to, to bring the knowledge bouncing all over social media. So yeah, feel free to connect with us and visit our website. We, we do coaching also to help people to, to sell more puppetry, to, to bring this wonderful art to people. So by doing more show, we can have more audience and more people gathering around. So yeah, this is the final motto of the Puppet Podcast. So everyone, I wish you a wonderful evening. Stay safe, but I think things are safer and we, we can go uh, in forward to envision the future brightly. So everyone, have a wonderful evening and see you soon for another episode of the Puppet Podcast. Mm -hmm.